Oh shit, oh shit, new podcast episode alert. Well, what, what? Hey, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Anhedonic Headphones podcast. It's another episode, and it's so nice to see all your smiling faces out there in podcast land. My name is Kevin Krine, a.k.a. Kevy Fly, a.k.a. your favorite podcast host's favorite podcast host. Uh, ain't it fine? folks this is episode 29 or it is the fifth episode of season five nothing but illustrious guests we are going to get right into it today with a singer and songwriter from the phoenix arizona area who i invited into the virtual building to chop it up with me her most recent album is called no place it was released at the beginning of this year and just recently received a vinyl pressing, if you're interested. We talk a little bit about what it's like being a musician during the pandemic. And she also brought a delightfully eclectic mix of tunes to share with all of you. So, as you are able, put your motherfucking hands together for today's guest, Danielle Durek. It was your birthday the other day, so happy belated birthday. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was on Monday. Yeah. Um, so congrats on another year. Hope you're still soaking in all those big birthday vibes. Thank you. Yeah, it's been, it's been a good year. It's I think 26 is probably the worst birthday because you know, the whole insurance thing was like the most expensive birthday, but it's fine. <laughs> um. So... Again, and also before we start into the songs and, and anything else, thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, oh my God, to do this. Um, I'm very excited and I'm appreciative that you were willing to be a guest on the program. Um, so for the, for the folks at home who might not be familiar with you and your your work, um, do you want to just do a quick introduction of about yourself and about your your career as a singer and songwriter thus far and then we can launch into the tunes that you have selected to discuss on the show yeah that sounds that sounds great um my name is danielle durak i am yeah a singer songwriter been uh doing it for about you know five years six years like seriously but i've been singing and writing songs since i was uh, probably like seven or eight years old oh wow um and yeah, I'm from Phoenix. I have been, I just put out a record in January and have been trying to do other things, but you know, pandemic hasn't been very conducive <laughs> to anything at all. <laughs> so I, I, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask was as a, as somebody who has made a living as a performer. And I mean, you, you put out the album in January and then the vinyl is now available. Um, like, how has the last 18 months kind of changed what you do and how you do it? Like, has this drastically impacted you? Or have you found ways to still remain creative or, like, find ways to, to keep working? Because uh, I just imagine it's got to, for, for people in the arts and people who perform, it's got to be really, really difficult. Yeah, I mean, it just about killed me. I'm like, <laughs> I am. Um... <laughs> I had many, many existential crises over the last 18 months just regarding like, who am I if I can't 
do this? Like what? Um, there's no validation, like people clapping for you on the stage. Like you don't get that for just like doing the dishes at home, you know, (laughs) but you should let's validate (laughs) giving people their flowers for doing household chores. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Like there's literally just like nothing like it. And I crave (laughs) that kind of um so yeah I mean it it really was really hard I didn't write at all because I just like I think I was so um kind of terrified that my industry was just going to um not exist yeah when all of this was over and just um yeah just kind of had to reevaluate why I do what I do and the truth is like even if the world you know completely changed and we were I don't know shut down completely like let's worst case scenario we're back to cavemen type situation it's like I'm still gonna be singing songs because like I like it and it brings yeah. me joy you know yeah um, just, just as a cave person entertaining yeah. the other cave dwellers exactly that sounds honestly great <laughs> uh, but you've been doing you I mean because I know things are kind of touch and go with opening back up like across the country yeah so you have been playing some events in the phoenix area um for a while is that correct that is yeah um phoenix is kind of a lot like florida i feel like (laughs) we didn't have a pandemic you know (laughs) we chose our own adventure and we oh boy oh boy So it was kind of really just like, I think the music scene pretty collectively took it seriously. So, um, and then obviously I think, I don't know if it was like federally mandated or whatever, but all of the venues were closed obviously throughout um, the bulk of the pandemic. And they opened back up, I want to say in like June. um, And they started with like limited capacity, but now it's pretty much like back full force and like they you know suggest people wear masks and stuff but um you know there's shows every night at a lot of venues in town first are you from phoenix originally is that like that where you're born and raised or have you just moved there on your own accord okay yeah i i was born and raised here my dad's actually also from here so okay you know um so you have selected this is i am just delighted to chat about some of these songs (laughs) this is such a i've been doing this podcast for a long time now for about two and a half years and the the uh diversity that people bring to the table like Mm -hmm. the eclectic mix is just always very fascinating to me (laughs) and so you have picked 10 uh 10 songs some of them drastically different than the others yeah (laughs) and so i'm i'm jazzed to get into these i did want to ask what criteria did you use to pick these were these like songs that have been important through various parts of your life or like memories associated with them or how did you pick these 10 totally yeah they're they're songs that either just like speak to me on like a borderline spiritual level or like (laughs) Or like songs that, yeah, just like have very um, powerful memories attached. Okay. Okay. Culture is to blame. You try and mask your pain in the mirror. 
one you have is the 1975 mm-hmm. and I so I listened to this I listened to this playlist um, on one of my morning sad walks through my neighborhood on my days off of work and oh my God. <laughs> that's, I have to I have to because like I, I walk to work so five days a week I walk to work I work and then I come home but like on my days off I still need to try to stay active and fight off yeah. the big saddies so I take yeah. a sad walk in the morning and so I usually throw on some tunes oh I get it and, okay you're not it's yeah. not like- designated like walk for sadness it's like a no walk. no no it's it's a walk to uh, try to outrun the sadness nice. early okay. in the okay. day yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a five it's a 5k to fight off sadness I um <laughs> so th- i was playing this and i was like what what genre would you call the 1975 god i don't know they kind of i mean they're definitely pop like no okay. doubt that um but like they definitely like traverse a lot of like sub you know genres even over the course of like a single album Um, and that's the thing is i everything i've heard of theirs and i've never sat down with a whole album i've just heard singles and snippets online every song is different and i'm like is this a different band no this is the same band but this (laughs) sounds like this is not the same thing as the other song so you picked a song called sincerity is scary Mm-hmm. So tell me where this falls into your life and kind of how you came to this this group and what has attracted you to this one. Okay, yeah, this is another. This is one of um, of the former category, the um, you know borderline spiritual experience. When I listen to this song, um, I kind of funny story about the 1975. I like didn't know that I was like a fan, and then like Spotify <laughs> Wrapped came out for like 2019. And like all five of my top played songs were 1975 songs, and I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm, I am a, I stand this band, you know, <laughs> big fan." Okay, um, and this song is number one, and I just think the lyrics are so. Um, I mean, we're we're gonna be talking about lyrics pretty much this whole time. I'm like a lyrics girl, <laughs> um, but I just think they're so. Um, honest. I don't know. <laughs> like in like self, <laughs> like he definitely, you can tell he's like self-loathing. Right. But like, yeah. he's like so, so, um, so self-aware of even that, you know, there is quite like a kind of a winking sense of humor to a lot of these, yeah. some of the, the 1975 songs that I have heard, like when the songwriter is aware that it, or is writing 
it to be aware that it is a song. There's like a knowing right. kind of nudge to the listener, yeah. Um, which takes a certain amount of skill. Because I mean, I'm not a songwriter, but I think as you know, in any form where you break that fourth wall and you are kind of like addressing the audience or the listener directly, yeah. it is it's a risk, and you hope that it pays off and that like it builds a connection. And so, like obviously for you, this has built a connection. Yeah, no, totally. I just think the lyrics are so like beautifully crafted. Like there's this line that I'm like, should I get this tattooed? Like that's so good. <laughs> um, it's like the, um, why would you believe you can control how you're perceived when at, when at best you're intermediately versed in your own feelings. And it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing that when I was listening and I was like, Oh boy, do I feel seen and attacked? Big like, time. Hold out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that, and it was like it came at such like a poignant time in my life to hear that exact line because I felt like I was just so obsessed with like literally controlling how people saw me or like thinking that I had any control over that at all. And it's like really letting that go is such a freeing experience. Like, <laughs> I don't know, just not yeah. getting fucked. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. So would you, <laughs> would you, would you rock out? Like, I mean, where, what was it? What would be a good starting point for this group for somebody who just like knows that they exist and knows that they have a couple of albums and the albums all have kind of like idiosyncratic mm-hmm. titles and the, yeah. the like each album is going to have like mm-hmm. so many different styles and sounds like what's a good access point. Totally. I feel like the song girls on okay. um, like, I think it's their first one. I'm on Spotify right now. Let me see what it's called. <laughs> Um, I have so many windows open on my computer with this recording <laughs> and with your list. I can't. I can't risk opening anything. It's okay. Up. I got it. I got it. Um, there. It's like their self-titled album. Yeah. Okay. The okay. 1975. There's a song called, called "Girls." I feel like this song too is just like the one. Um, uh, Sincerity is scary. It's you know, and none of it represents them as a whole, but they're excellent starting points just to get a feel for the band and like they're kind of um they just feel like a bunch of like teenage like punk um i I like skater dudes i feel like they have like a very like skate skater boy mindset just like um organized chaos and like just um 
you know, being like shitheads for the sake of being shitheads. Like that's they the do vibe. have a big like the, there's like a lot of night like a '90s aesthetic, like a yes. kind of '90s skater. Like, yeah, I get that from when I've seen things about them. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's like I feel like those two songs would be good places to start. Okay. Additionally, with the variety that you have selected, the contrast from song to song is also very um, compelling because we jump from like a pop song to uh, Pin Up Daddy by Rat Madison. And I I had never heard the song. I, I was not familiar with, with it at all. But I really liked this a lot. And I really liked the kind of the tone the, like yeah. the tonality of it so tell me about this song tell me about this artist because i i aside from hearing this i i have no information so she she is relatively um i think she's still indie uh okay. she's a smaller up-and-comer you know um based out of la okay. and i saw her live at the bootleg theater in la and was just like floored by her performance this girl like her voice is just unreal Um, yeah even on this song i could tell like this was really like the the voice was like one of the most compelling parts to it yeah and like like she writes her own stuff like it's all just like super like there's not a single song that you don't walk away from just like (sighs) you know like (laughs) just re-examining your whole existence and like i don't know um just really powerful stuff very important topics you know being covered in her work Um, and yeah, I like, I heard this song one morning while I was like getting ready to leave for a music festival in Bisbee. So it was like early, early morning and I saw that she had put something out and I put it on and I listened to it literally the entire four hour drive to Bisbee. I like 
did not stop listening to this song. (laughs) I'm saying this out loud and it sounds way crazier than it sounds. (laughs) Um, But yeah, no, it's um, again, just like a lyrics thing. I feel like it's, she's, she's queer and I feel like it, it very much like is addressing that community, Mm -hmm. but the themes are just so human. Like it's, yeah, yeah. Um, for sure applies to literally anyone and everyone like yeah. no matter like who you are or like I don't know what what you are or how you're feeling or whatever the fuck like you know you're still here and like you can still take up space and like I don't know you're you're allowed to be who you are It was really refreshing to hear something because I mean she's kind of got like a, a like a twangy. It's not country, but there's like yeah. a real kind of earthy twang to it. It was refreshing right. to hear somebody singing about like gender identity mm-hmm. against that kind of music. Totally. I thought that was like a really interesting contrast. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. She's definitely. I think she is from. I want to say she's from Texas originally. Okay, okay. I'm not positive on that, but it sounds right. Um, but yeah, yeah, I agree. That's like, it's, it's a cool contrast and I don't know, like she, she's been through, she talked about like in her banter when I went and saw her live, like about like some of the things she's been through. Like, I believe she lost her mom to like suicide and like has songs about that. And like, I don't know, just everything that she shares is just the utmost vulnerable. Like it just all feels so personal (laughs) and real. It's great. So is this a, this is relatively new then just like a couple years ago? Yeah, I would okay. I, I want to say 2019 is Okay. When okay. Out. Did you li- now when I cuz you are you are pals with Sydney Sprague, mm-hmm. yes. fr- friend of the show. Um she said that you two lived together in LA for a summer when like do you do you piece out of Arizona and go elsewhere for a while often or was it just like a an opportunity that you took or like was- Do you travel outside of the area a lot you know i i prefer not to be here in the summer <laughs> if i can help it um usually i can't um yeah. but summer it was like it was kind of the perfect storm like sydney and i had been touring together and kind of just like i think we were just spitballing one day and we're like what if we just like did it dorm style and like 
rented a room together in LA and like and we kind of were both just like yeah let's do that like that's a good plan and uh, I had a friend who was living out there who was literally just like in like end of May was having a roommate leave and was looking Mm -hmm. for somebody to rent the room and um well there you go and it was just yeah again kind of a perfect little situation but i haven't done that since i i lived out in la for like another brief stint uh right after or during college i was doing an internship out there okay Um, but other than that i've been here (laughs) okay (laughs) um anything else about rhett madison before we get into the these nice slices of the 90s alternative pie Gosh, I don't know. Just, I love you at Madison. That's all. (laughs) Okay. In another sharp contrast to what we've just heard, uh, I was pleasantly surprised to see uh, Third Eye Blind, but also Never Let You Go, which is a, I mean, I grew up uh, in, I am a product of the 80s, and so I came of age with music in the 90s, and Third Eye Blind was huge, and I was really into them when I was a teenager, and so I was, I remember the song being very popping, and uh, I've heard it a million times because a a friend of mine at work would put on like a 90s alternative rock streaming station on his phone, and we we would hear it all the time, but so... Tell me what your relationship is to to Third Eye Blind and how, you, how of all the Third Eye Blind tunes, um, how you selected this one. Um, they were my favorite band in the seventh grade. It nice. was like a very close tie between them and, uh, oh my God, what is the name of that band? <laughs> Holy shit. Was, they were literally one of my favorites. I can't believe I'm spacing on the name. Um, Taking Back Sunday. That, that's it. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, very much like living in that vein of music in the seventh and eighth grade, um, for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, I think there's lots of great, uh, third eye blind songs. I was a big fan and love, still love a lot of their discography to this day. Um, but I think this song, it has another one of those lines that I'm just like, it, it's, it just hits every time one of those second verse, just like, straight to the gut punch um but like you say that i changed well maybe i did 
And even if I changed, what's wrong with it? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was worried that you were going to say the line that hit you was the little rap at the end. Where he's like, I remember the stupid things. The yeah. Yeah. things. Because I'm like, ooh, you do not have, it's not spitting bars there, yeah. Stephen Jenkins. But yeah. good, good on you for trying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I admire the risk taking. <laughs> that, is a, that is a big risk. <laughs> And then just the, the guitars in it. It's just like undeniably oh, yeah. catchy. Like Oh, yeah. So very, good. very infectious with the little riffage that he sings over the top of. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't revisited this album in a while, but I, I wonder if it holds up. Do you go back to Third Eye Blind a lot to revisit your preteen years or like is this something that you still like i find that like music that i enjoyed when i was very young like mm-hmm. you can go back to it and you can acknowledge it for what it was and mm-hmm. like be grateful that it was like something that you enjoyed at the time but it doesn't move with you a lot of the time or grow with you a lot of the time it, it's something it takes a lot for something to like grow with you right. if you held it close when you were young so like when you go back to Third Eye Blind, is it something that you're like, oh man, this was a banger when I was a, uh, you know, in seventh eighth grade? But you're like, ah, eh, but you know, it's not. I, I I leave it in that era of time, or has or has this come with you into adulthood? <laughs> you know, I revisit it probably more than I'd like to admit. I love, <laughs> I love this band. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. Like, um, you know, a lot. I don't know. I feel like especially. And maybe I'm not as from maybe there are songs that are problematic now or whatever, but there's things that I listen back on like super pop punk stuff. And it just so- sounds like really like sad boy, like mm-hmm. self-loathing, like just kind of not great stuff like that. I know that I resonated with like when I was a teenager, but like doesn't actually like as like someone who is accountable for their own actions as like an adult. It's hard to listen to it and be like, yeah, that's like a healthy, well-adjusted person singing this. Um, Oh yeah. I understand completely. Yeah. (laughs) But I feel like third eye blind really like holds up. I feel like they don't, they don't sneak into that territory of like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Like I'm trying to think of a band that is just like, this is a different genre completely, but like, I feel like Taylor Swift, I really liked her stuff when I was a kid. And like it completely resonated with me because I was going through that stuff. But to think about me as like a 14, 15 year old resonating with this 25 year old woman, it's like, mm-hmm. that's a little weird, you know, that we're having this <laughs> <same> experience. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> with the men in our lives. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying. I feel like Third Eye okay. Blind writes writes more. Uh, I don't know, just uh, more universal. Uh, you know, topics. I still ride pretty hard for their first album, the self titled album. Yeah, that has some even like the the deep cuts when you get into the second half of it. For there's sure. not really a band like there's. It would, you would be hard pressed to find a bad song on that album, even yeah. like the overplayed singles. Like it sure. still, uh, it still has has stood the test of time. Yeah. Um, anything else about this one before we scoot into another quintessential piece of the nineties? <laughs> yeah, I think I just just one more note. I loved their album Ursa Major front to back. Like, okay, I haven't. That's a, a like a. Not I want I don't want to say more recent because I'm sure that is not more recent at all. But it's it is a latter day Third Eye Blind album. Is that correct? Yeah, it's okay. their fifth. I'm on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how you're like fact checking yourself so that, <laughs> that Snopes doesn't get all over this podcast and say that there's like misinformation. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like to be wrong. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I give up forever. Know that you feel me somehow. You're the closest to heaven that I'll ever be, and I don't wanna go home right now. And all I could taste is this moment, and all I can breathe is your life. And sooner or later it's over. I just don't wanna. this is i love the song so much and this is a song that i i don't think i appreciated as much as i should have when it came out but i adore it now um iris from the goo goo dolls <laughs> the song from the film which i've never seen the movie the movie city of angels with nick cage and meg ryan um it was written it was written for that no way yeah yeah the the lore goes um that dude from Goo Goo Dolls Johnny Resnick was like asked to write a song for the movie and he was shown uh, a rough cut of it and then he just went home and wrote it on his acoustic guitar and then the that it became the hit that it was wow yeah and it basically is kind of the plot of the film in like very loose lyrical form i think yeah yeah uh, so the Goo Goo Dolls and Iris, how did now? Where does this fall into your your life, your timeline of tunes, and how did you come to this one? Um, the Goo Goo Dolls have been a part of like my like listening for a very long time. Like, okay, um, I remember having this mix CD um, and this little red boombox, and my nice. brother, yeah, <laughs> my brother got this. It was a it was like a skate. It was like marketed to like basically like little boys like mm-hmm. who were like into skating or whatever and um it was like a mix 
of like skate songs and like they had like three doors down on it and like the doo dolls like all this like I don't know whatever else you know little that's not what I think of when I think of music to skate to but no, maybe I've been when I when I have been skating in the past that's maybe I was doing it wrong right. I should have been listening to more mainstream rock than you know, anything else. I think at the time it was like you know the music industry was like how do we capitalize on this skate culture you know like how do we... <laughs> you gotta put out like a mix i don't don't know i wasn't wild that's very wild because i would be like put a bunch of like early 90s hip-hop on it and then fugazi and then you've got you've got yourself a skate mix that's all you really need there's nowhere near there like the first track on it was all-star by smash wow that is the opposite of what I would want to hear if I was tooling around on a skateboard, but again, maybe I'm, I'm I've been doing it wrong. <laughs> but yeah, the the song "Slide" by the Google oh, was on that. Yeah, that's um, that's not something that I would ever think to put on a mix like that. But good for the the person who compiled that at whatever record label. Yeah, who's never skated in their life? <laughs> it's like a big, like big, like boardroom energy of a bunch yeah. of suits being like, how can we put hit singles on one CD and market it to right. preteen boys? Right. Yeah. So we had that CD. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> I love it so much. My parents were like, yes. <laughs> The Goo Goo Dolls have been like obviously part of your life, but what, uh, um, of all their tunes, you know, well-known tunes or deep cuts, how did you come to Iris as the one you wanted to talk about on the program here? Yeah. So Iris, again, is one of those like strangely like spiritual songs. Like my mom, it's actually, it's very bizarre now that we're talking about it. I compiled this playlist, as you know, like weeks ago. Um, yeah. And sorry, it's going to get dark for a minute here. Oh, boy. Um, that's nearly that's okay. This is a safe space, and we're in the okay. trust tree, and people can okay. get as real or whatever as they want to on the show. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to facilitate that. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, okay, my mom uh, divorced my father when I, when I was like four, and she remarried um, to someone who, I don't know, was from my perspective seemed to be like the love of her life. Um, and... He had some uh, addiction issues, some um, uh, 
I mean, that's pretty much it. I think, I believe he was like manic bipolar. I think he was Mm -hmm. on medication for that for a while, but ended up not staying on it. Eventually she, you know, divorced this man to like protect herself and her family. And, um, we remained a part of each other's lives. He was always really good to me and my brother. Um, you know, I loved him deeply. Like I saw him as like another, you know, I saw him as another father in my life. Sure. Yeah. Um, And I actually just like literally a week ago got news that he took his own life last week. And um, this song was a song that my mom always had reminded her of him. And it's just this, um, I don't know. I I know it's like a top 40 kind of like hit, right? But like it's, it Mm -hmm. just feels so, um, it gives me chills every time I listen. Yeah. Oh, for sure um it's very cathartic it's a very it's like it's such an emotional song and you think it's gonna be like oh like an eye roll like oh it's so theatrical because it's for a movie and it's got strings and whatever but it's it works like they sell it and it works and it uh, yeah I get I still get chills from hearing the song and you know it's from like 23 24 years ago yeah yeah and um yeah, I think, I, like, honestly, the whole song is just beautiful. Like, I, I think from, from beginning to end, it's just, it's gorgeous. But, like, yeah, the end where he just keeps repeating, like, I just yeah. want you to know who I am. Like, I think that that's so, um, I don't know, especially, com- you know, now relating it to, to this man that was in my yeah. life and his his uh, struggles with addiction and, you know, just really wanting um wanting things to be real and um not being able to cope with like kind of the harsh reality of of life and you know this kind of game that we all play <laughs> to, uh, you know what i mean yeah no exactly I, yes um, exactly. yeah i do it's yeah. it's not easy like living day to day no matter what you have going on is uh is fucking tough sometimes yeah yeah and um yeah just the like i just want you know you don't know who I am. It's like just such a beautiful, um, desperate, heartbreaking sense. That's the thing is, yeah, there's, it's a, it's, it seems like a very easy request, but it is not an easy request and there is a lot of desperation behind it. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful song. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you being willing to share like that because like, I mean, people get into family things, personal things on here all the time, but other people are, uh, a friend of mine picked songs that she knew she could talk about without crying to be on the show. Cause I was like, you know, it's, it is a safe space, but if you don't want to get too emotional, I understand. So right, right. I'm, I'm appreciative that you were willing to willing to share. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like trying to, you know, I, like we just discussed, it's like, it's, it's important to find those yeah. like, um, real connections and it's hard to really connect if you're not willing to be vulnerable and that's fine. Yeah. I understand that, you know, emotions are, real and it's it you don't you want to get through the day without breaking down sometimes, you know? Um but yeah, I just I I guess I I wanna whatever, thank you. Sure, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs>
you so much and to drown in your love and not feel your rain Keeping with the uplifting tone uh, and lightheartedness, <laughs> we're getting into the halfway point. Um, and I had never heard this song before, and I listened to it on my on my walk, and I was like, "Whoo, yeah. boy, goddamn!" Like this was just a, 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 a big old emotional punch in the stomach. So tell me about the song "Gravity." So Sarah Bareilles is like my hero. She okay. Kind of, she's like at least at this point top three, just like my influences. And I was having honestly the hardest time picking one of her songs. Um, but after like you know overthinking it, it just like <laughs> very clear that this was it. Um, it's she's got she's got a lot of like more up tempo, more like kind of like tongue in cheek, snarky songs. And this okay. one is definitely where she like really just like lets all of that down and like exposes her heart and like her struggles. And, um, it's something that, that I relate to a lot, (laughs) just like in terms of like how I am in, in like the romance department, just like (laughs) not, uh, having a lot of control over my emotions and like, you know, where, um, where I decide to like expend that kind of energy. It's like, I I feel like I get roped into, um, yeah, these just very powerful connections that (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, and it is like, it is like gravity and it's, it's just such a, um, beautifully written song. Um, yeah, again, all the lyrics just from the beginning all the way to the end and, uh, the little buildup in the bridge, like where she goes, like the, like, um, like keeping me down. Like I can't literally listen to that without getting chills every single time. All over me. I live here on my knees as I try to make you see that you everything I think I need here on the ground. But you're neither friend nor foe. Brings me back to you. It 
Does she still do stuff? Like, I, I remember she was very popular at one point. And yeah. like had a lot of, like, you know, radio singles and whatever. But, like, does she still actively record and perform? Like, I mean, does anyone still actively perform right now? That's not a really good question to ask. But <laughs> is she still generating material or writing or, or doing th- doing things, doing yeah. music things? Okay. I think she, so. She just put out, she's actually, like, kind of all over the place. She's definitely more of, like, a New York kind of artist than an L.A. kind of artist. She, like, wrote a musical and, like, a book and now she's like on a TV show and also like wrote a TV show for NBC and like um, hmm. wrote the soundtrack for all of those things. And like um, she's uh, she's definitely still putting out music. She released, I think her most recent release that wasn't for some sort of. Did she do something with the Waitress musical? Yes. Yeah. Okay. The soundtrack for that. Yeah. That's what I thought. I just wasn't one hundred percent sure about that. Yeah, I think. Do you track? Do you track down all her stuff? Because you're like a, I'm a super, a fan. super fan. Yeah. So, like, are you? Did you? Did you see that show, or do you at least have the score for it? Or I haven't seen. I thought about buying tickets to New York to go see the waitress, but I did not because you know, um, starving artist. And <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen the show because, like, I also don't have cable um, for reasons. I just shared, but I did buy her book and I read okay. it. And, okay. Yeah. Is it like a memoir or what is it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it is like, it's autobiographical and it's, it's honestly so cool. Like it was cool to read. And, uh, I mean, she's, she's one of like the main topics on the book is like kind of her struggle with like, um, writer's block, which is very relatable for me. Yeah. And, um, it's funny. Like there's like a part in it where she's like, yeah, like I literally couldn't write an album. So I wrote, a musical and a book <laughs> to procrastinate, you know, trying to write another album. When you like, as a, as a performer, I mean, you've, you have three albums out and you, I don't know how often you like sit down and write songs, but what does writer's block feel like for a, like a singer and songwriter? Like where you just, nothing is coming lyrically as inspiration or how to, how does it manifest? And then like, what do you do to try to work through it? Um, It's like, it's just like oh god it feels like you just will never write anything good again um it like almost just like feels like just depression i guess okay (laughs) but um and yeah i mean it all like sitting down you'll like try and write a song and like at least for me like i'll get frustrated because i just like hate whatever i'm writing And then I'll kind of like give up on it and I'll try again the next day. And like too many days of doing that consistently is like very depressing. So I'll just like put my guitar down for a while and just wait until like I'm inspired to pick it up again. Just because it sounds fun versus like I need to like produce, you know? Sure. That is tough. It is tough with, especially with something in the arts. It's like, it's tough to find the balance between like, I've turned this into work or something yes. not enjoyable versus yeah. this is the thing that I find fun or at least like it's serving a purpose for me emotionally right. or spiritually. I, yeah. It's very difficult to find that balance. Yeah. Yeah. And it always feels like when you're in it, or at least for me, 
like that it's like never gonna end and that like I just hate guitar now or like I hate <laughs> music or whatever um and sometimes it's gotten like longer like the spells of like of drought or whatever like are just like they feel like very aggressive like I I honestly like I said during the pandemic I didn't write a single thing um so when did you I mean you since you had an album like your new album came out in January had you written all that and recorded it before 2020 then yeah or like okay the album was done uh when was the yeah I guess we finished tracking vocals in February of 2020 oh right perfect time Right before everything got wild <laughs> yeah and then he mixed it obviously he didn't i mean we didn't need to be in the room for that so he mixed it and then it got mastered and i mean i feel really lucky that i was able to do something that i, that I was able to put something out you know while the world was shut down um gave me a little bit of like i don't know it gave me things to do first of all yeah. things to occupy myself with so that was nice but um but yeah, I didn't. I didn't write a single single thing really that I liked um, until recently, and I'm I'm out of it, and I you know the juices are flowing, and my will to live is returning, and um, <laughs> but it's scary. that sounds nice. I don't I don't have that, so I uh, <laughs> I'm glad someone does. Again, in another sharp contrast, you were moving into the second half here. Red Hot Chili Peppers. And before we get into this, before we get into this one, I, I have to say, um, I don't always tune into Sydney's Twitch streams because I, I'm, I don't always have the time to sit down at the computer and watch right. the one that I did check out. You were a guest. Oh, no. And you both were so, so charming together. <laughs> And but you played, you did a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover, and it was like Danny California, yes. I think. Okay. And I, so when this, when I saw this on here, I was like, I was I, not, I don't want to say surprise, but are you a big Chili Peppers fan, or where does this fall into your, into your musical, uh, into your musical life? I'm really like, I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan, but okay. I do love this song. Um, okay. I think, and then I think uh, Danny California was, I, I, I'm I not like a huge fan of that song, but by um, the video game rock band, mm-hmm. like just got very familiar with it. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's actually how I un- I know a lot of songs too that I otherwise probably wouldn't is from when my wife and I were very very into rock band <laughs> and we we were really good friends with a bunch of people at the time who were also really really into rock band yeah. and so it was just like a lot of Saturday nights Sunday mornings of trying to play every song in the game oh my gosh. um but so, yeah, I will, I mean, I'm not a huge Chili Peppers fan either, and but they have their moments, and I will say, I will agree with you that Scar Tissue is probably one of their better written songs, and one you can, it's one you can take seriously. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's um, too corny, is not, um, There's yeah. not a bunch of scat singing? Yes, yeah. <laughs> um. So when, did, did, were you... Like, when did you discover the song or get into, like, or determine that this was one that you were like, no, I actually legitimately like this song because it's well-written and it isn't silly or, uh, like, really vulgar, like some of their other stuff is, kind of. Yeah, gosh, I mean, I don't know, like, when the first time I heard it was or anything. I remember kind of, like, being inspired by, um, like, just the, the concept of the chorus like with mm-hmm. the birds i share this lonely view i actually wrote a song kind of like inspired by that concept it's called um what is it called it's on my album it's on bashful and it's called i'm spacing it's literally my song <laughs> are you looking yourself up on um Spotify? i am <laughs> uh, i know is what it's called and um yeah, I don't know. It's just like kind of this idea that like you can you can improve yourself and work on yourself to like the, you know, absolute extreme extent and then you're just alone in your in your um like your I guess like like with the birds, like you're up there mm-hmm. higher than everybody and you're fucking alone. <laughs> like great job, you know? Like <laughs> um which is like I know not the point of the song, but it was like very, um, it struck me as like, I think I wrote that when I was like probably 15, maybe 16. Um, Soft-spoken with a broken jaw, step outside but not to brawl and autumn sweet with call to fall, I'll make it to the moon if I have to crawl and with the And then also there's a line in scar tissue that I, to this day, want to get tattooed on my body at some point, (laughs) which is like a horrible, like, I hate the idea of saying like, yeah, I have like chili peppers lyrics tattooed on my body, but (laughs) this line is like the, like, um, I'll make it to the moon if I have to crawl, um, just feels like, I don't know, just like the most, um, it just has like so much like human spirit behind it. Yeah. Like I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care what I have to do. Like this is like, and you know, it's in regards to like this dream that I have of like being a rock star or whatever. It's like, <laughs> I will do it. You know, yeah. I will um, 
I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've got, do you, you have so many plans for tattoos. Do you have any tattoos currently? Or are these ones that you like hypothetical ones you want to get? I do have two tattoos. I have got them both when I was 19 within a month of each other. Okay. Um, And then quickly realized that, um, you know, they cost money and they are very expensive and they're very addicting. It's tough. Yes. And I, you know, there's lots, music is an expensive thing to do for, a job. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole other podcast. Where would you, where would you get the chili peppers lyrics tattooed? Like on your neck or Probably on my forehead, you know, <laughs> no. um, I was thinking like maybe on the back of like my arm. Okay. Like right under, like right above my elbow maybe, but TBD. Um, okay. Okay. But yeah, I have two other tattoos. One of them is a Steve jobs quote, which is pretty cool. <laughs> It's uh, it was originally on a NASA poster. Okay. Um, the the whole quote is "Stay hungry, stay foolish," and I just did the "stay foolish" part. Okay. So, like there's. I like it. Yeah, like this childlike kind of like um, sentiment behind it. Like people are gonna think you're crazy until you fucking do it. Um. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, like a it's from a a hymn. Uh, it's like a, a song. It's a mm-hmm. lyric. And it's uh, how can I keep from singing? And the whole verse is like, uh, while love is Lord of heaven and earth, how can I keep from singing? And I just love that. Just like, even when shit's tough, like, yeah, yeah, you've always got that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I always, I hadn't gotten a tattoo for a number of years. I, I'm running out of real estate on my arms. I have a lot of tattoos <laughs> and I, I just got one recently and then it kind of re-sparked my like, oh, I could get, oh, I could do one of those. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but where would they all go? Like, okay. I... Hmm. Right. That's that's a real concern. I mean, I feel like I already picked the good spots for me. I have this thing about wanting them to be visible to me and so mm-hmm. that's why they're all on my arms because mm-hmm. I don't want to forget that I have them or just always have them covered. Right. I get that. Cause yeah. that's, I mean, same here. Like these, they're not things that I get for other people. Like it's like the stay foolish is literally like a reminder to like my old crusty self to like, <laughs> you know, don't forget all of those wild <laughs> ideas. Life's not what you take. It's not about the promises you make. It's not about the friends you might have made or love that is gone. Life is what you give. It's not about the stupid things you did. It's not about the way things could have been. It's about moving on. It's all about you. So every morning when you wake before the first step that you take to sing. Positive or you negative, it don't make a difference, not when you live it. Cause 
some of the most successful people on this planet will kill themselves or somebody else life they really couldn't manage then we got bums alcoholics on the streets with no stress nowhere to rest nowhere to dress nowhere to sleep and they say fuck my morals i'm drinking away my sorrow i'm living life and i'm happy i ain't thinking about tomorrow do you But the next three are songs and artists that I didn't, I don't think I knew any of these. So this will be a lot of teachable moments for me because I'm always interested in learning about more tunes that are out there, more artists that are out there and kind of what those mean to other people. So Chad Hatcher, um, tell me about the song All About You. Because again, this is kind of like big, like a different energy than the other songs on here had. For sure. Um, to be honest, I don't know anything about Chad Hatcher. Okay, sounds good. Uh, classified, I do yeah. have heard some of his stuff. But um, yeah, no, I think the song uh, is just, it's it's always a good one when I'm like in like a shitty mental state to kind of get me back on track, kind of. Okay. I have like a shot chaser playlist situation going where I like have like gas on the fire for my sadness. And then like, uh, okay, it's time to try <laughs> kind of playlist. And this one is on that one. <laughs> okay. Now, how do you hear about, like, how do you hear about a song like this? Like, is this something that Spotify recommended or like, how do you come across something like this? Because for me, as somebody who has spent the last decade plus either talking about music professionally or writing about it, whenever I hear a song, I always end up having to do like a very deep dive on the artist and learn everything about them. So just this one song for you, where do you find this and kind of how recent is it and, and things like that? This was probably introduced in, again, kind of like the 13 to 15 time range of my life. Okay. Um, I, I had a babysitter that was like super into music. Her mom was a radio host, DJ, um and like she was trying to do like the dj thing had like turntables just like very into music and she was like was originally my babysitter then kind of took on like a mentor role in my life after that and this came on in her car just probably sometime we were going to you know see a movie or grab ice cream or whatever um and you know i had a phone by then and was doing the whole shazam thing (laughs) you know, caught my ear. It was just like, I don't know. It feels like really positive. Um, again, just kind of like very human. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I've just really just drilled that word into the ground over the course of the last hour. But um, Oh, that's okay. I mean, the hu- <laughs> we are all human. The human condition is like, it's out there. It's a thing. Yeah. I think about humanistic stuff all the time, yeah. like especially with music and kind of like the human, like the, if it's about like being human. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get it. I totally get it. You don't have to worry about drilling, drilling words yeah. into the ground. <laughs> Just need like a thesaurus, you know? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, I use a thesaurus a lot. Me too. Like. <laughs> In emails. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I whenever I'm writing something and then I see that I've used the same word three times I'm like 
Okay, let's see how I can let's see how I can challenge myself here if I can if I can drop some other ones in to to fill in for some of this. So, yeah, it's it's tough to keep it fresh words. and not just yeah. <laughs> words are not hard. just keep saying the same. Yeah, words are very hard. <laughs> As two as two okay. as two people who make uh, a living at times using words, folks, right. words are hard. <laughs> they are, they are, which is why all about you is so impressive. You know. Get a wife, a son, and a daughter. That's how I was taught to be proper. Never thought anyone could get caught up. And slowly I grew up, and the fairy tale quickly vanished. Realized that life is a bitch and shit. You gotta be able to stand it, and you gotta be able to handle it. The stress and the pressure you channel it, and you learn to cope at the end of your rope any way that you can with liquor or dope. Or work hard, raise your kids, strip clubs, whatever it is. Smoke weed, shoot hoops, whatever you find your happiness through. It's your life. Just make sure you know what you want when you go to get it. Keep doing Doing this shit for you, not your crew or the dude you trying to impress, kid. Life is simple, life is hard, and yeah, life is fun. So enjoy the things around you before your life is done. bringing it back there we go there we go i don't know yeah i feel like it's 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 very dense like i've tried to cover it and i can't (laughs) yeah there's a lot going on with the instrumentation in this one yeah Um, and uh lyrically it's like there's not a lot of room for breathing no not at all yeah it was kind of like i don't want to say it was overwhelming but i was like oh wow this is there's so much happening in this song yeah yeah yeah, but ultimately, I just love the wholesome message about it. You know, just like keep doing you and do it for you and not for anybody else. And like, you're going to be okay. Um, Do you, I mean, as somebody who performs or like used to perform regularly, uh, I assume you, did you tour a lot outside of like the West and Southwest or were you just kind of staying in that area? No, I, I went on two tours before everything shut down. It was like, literally, that was like the beginning of my touring experience. And then it was just like, nope. Um, and I, I did the West Coast up and down. You know, I went like Denver, Boise, like that was okay. east as I went. And then I went on another tour with Clap Your Hands Say Yeah, um, where I went as far east as Pittsburgh. So I've tried okay. to get it out there, but it's I've only hit those markets like once and a lot of those shows were literally in people's living rooms so okay um I guess as somebody who I mean you've been performing for a long time and you obviously you mean you have a number of albums so you have your own material do you do a lot of covers or do you like doing covers or are you like fuck that I'm gonna play my own songs um I definitely do a fair share i I have got, I've gone in and out of doing cover gigs just as okay. an income thing um and I like doing some covers, absolutely. Um, okay. I think 
again, like this whole list, I'm like, these are songs that like mean a lot to me. And like, I love, I, I just covered Iris at a show recently just to honor Dean who passed away. Sure. And like, yeah, no, I think that there's a time and a place and a circumstance. And I feel like you need to do covers in a way that's fresh and different and not like, I don't know, like if you, if you just try and replicate what happened in the recording, I feel like why we already have, yeah. you know? Exactly. I've I've lately come to look at covers as like wrestling a bear. Yeah. <laughs> and like you're either going to get mauled mm-hmm. or it's going to somehow it's going to work out. And a lot of times people yeah. get mauled, but yeah. occasionally it works out. Yeah. And so I, whenever I listen to a cover of a song that I'm that I really love, yeah, I'm always a little. I approach with a lot of caution because I'm like, oh, you, this might be real bad, right? And then sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised, and I'm like, oh, you survived that bear attack. But other times it's like, oh shit, that person is dead because oh, that bear you. killed them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that's very much it. I feel like. There's there's bands and there's artists that really know how to how to execute a cover like yeah for sure I think like Phoebe Bridgers did um, uh, Friday I'm in Love and I'm like this is maybe better than the original like, it is it is tough to to make that kind of a statement though to be like this is better than the original or, or, or on par with the original right and because you have to look at um, they wrote the song. <laughs> We have to, you kind of have to look at like, what are they bringing to the table? Right. And how is it, like, how is it fresh? Yeah. And so like, I mean, uh, Lucy Dacus did a bunch of covers on an EP and she did a cover of the Phil Collins song In the Air Tonight. Oh my God. How did I miss that? And I was kind of like, how is this going to go? And (laughs) by the end of it, I was like, oh, this is really good. And so, I mean... Again, it was like you're gonna get mauled by a bear, or you're gonna make it out okay. And she, like that one, she sold it, and she was earnest enough with it that it wasn't like silly or ironic. It was yeah. like an, it was very serious. Yeah, and you do it justice. So it's, just, I think, I don't know, maybe just all the sad girls in Boy Genius are really good at covers. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. Some old cheap guitar, but he could play on pots and pans. 
endeavor to soar so pure and true is flowing right out of his hands and he can sing sweet as a choir girl and he can sing a house on fire i seen him calling up the angels and use a breeze for a telephone if you ask him how he sings this blues so well, he says, I got a soul that I won't sell. I got a soul that I won't sell. I got a soul that I won't sell. And I don't read postcards from hell. Postcards from hell. Mm-hmm. My favorite place to get postcards from. <laughs> uh, the Wood Brothers, tell me about this song and where this comes into your life and how you, how this one ended, ended up on your, your list of tunes. Okay. I don't know. I don't know anything about the Wood Brothers either. But okay. <laughs> again, I do love the song. Um, this one is probably, uh, it's like tied with probably anything by Adrian Linker. Um, okay. In terms of like how recent. I'm very excited to talk about that, by the way, the Adrian Lenker song. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, so it, I, I found Postcards from Hell probably in the last six months. Okay, um, wow. And it, it, how I came across it, it was playing at my job. Right now I'm working at a pizzeria in okay. Phoenix. And it's been, a, it's been a hard time, you know, just I've been there for two years. Originally I started as like a way to fund the album Mm -hmm. and then obviously like things changed (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) so i was i was lucky to have a job at that point um is how i feel (laughs) and uh yeah anyways it was it's getting to the point at this job that every day is kind of a bit of a like um a struggle kind of a you know just like a mental haul Oh yeah, I know all about that. Yeah. We could, if you want to do a whole separate podcast about how difficult it is going to work, I'm there. Yeah. Let's fucking go because yeah. I've been working at the same job for five years, and buddy, let me tell you, yeah. Yeah. it's rough. It's rough. This, you know, this dystopian capitalist society is not it. It is not. So, it. what do you do at the pizzeria? Do you are you do you make the pizzas? Do you serve the pizzas? Um, I was serving, and then okay. I broke my spine last year. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can't really like clear tables anymore, or like carry that much food without it like basically being like I don't know an iceable thing that how did you may ask how this happened yes i was roller skating (laughs) what a wholesome way to injure yourself (laughs) i went to the skate park and i dropped into a bowl straight to my ass and uh two vertebrae oh no yeah i'll send you a photo of the uh the back brace that i had to wear oh i you're you're speaking my language. Not only do I am I also miserable at work right now. I have a bulging disc in my spine, and so I'm in like debilitating physical pain a lot of the day. And so I have to wear like a like a support like a lumbar support thing wow. for not for nine hours. So 
I feel you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, back injury, miserable at work, say less. Like, I totally get it. And you can't hear a little Chicago and a lot of New Orleans. He can't take you on a freight train. He can't take you down the alley. He can't take you to the church. He can walk you through the valley. And if you ask him how he sings his blues so well, he says, I got a soul that I won't sell. I got a soul that I won't sell. I got a soul that I won't sell. And I don't read postcards from hell. Just like a cockroach, but he ain't waiting to die. And if you ask him how he sings his blues so well, he says, I got a soul that I won't sell. 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 It's how I sing my blues so well, and I don't read postcards from. But yeah, so what do you do, what do you do now since you can't clear tables without things hurting too much? So now I host. And okay. Like walk people to their tables. Okay. And, um, try to look cute doing that. That's like the whole job description. It's like be the face of the company. Okay. <laughs> uh huh. But uh, it doesn't sound problematic at all. No, it's yeah, it's a uh, again whole other podcast. <laughs> Hey, is it at least is it is it good pizza though? It's good. It's really okay. good. It's um okay. it's called uh Pizzeria Bianco. They're okay. nationally recognized. They were in the New York Times. Okay. Uh, the owner Chris Bianco is like he's been on several shows on the Food Network and stuff. Like okay. he's like a big deal. I Okay. I like to eat it still. It's been 2 years, so. Well, that says something though. Yeah. That's good. Yep. That's great. Um, if I'm ever in Arizona again, I'll try to find one of these places. Yes, do it. I highly recommend it. So you, I'm sorry, we got very tangential about pizza and our <laughs> respective back injuries and being miserable <laughs> with what we do outside of the fun thing we do for a living. But so <laughs> you heard postcards. <laughs> That's the magic of the podcast, though, is these <laughs> just these kind of conversations. Right. Uh, so postcards from hell you heard at work is that that's what you said right yes it came okay. on just like the uh, yeah it came on the playlist at work and it's just like the i think the chorus is what caught my ear and it just like in that moment on that day like i like am regularly like you know borderline panic attack at work just from the dread and like 
just like the I got a soul that I won't sell it's just repeated and I don't take postcards or I don't read postcards from hell it's just like I don't know it's just it reminded me that I have autonomy (laughs) 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 that I'm not just like you know a pizza robot or whatever and like my life is my own it's it's an important reminder you know um that's great (laughs) I love that I love I mean I wish we so do you what service do you all use at the pizza place for music this is very tangential Oh, do you use like Spotify? A, a long time we were just doing Spotify. I don't know. The we've been listening to the same playlist over and over again. It's like road trip indie, and I just like want to. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I understand. We well first. So we're if we're gonna talk talk uh, our places of employment and the tunes we hear yeah. um, before we get into the last two songs. So for the longest time where I worked, they used Pandora for business. Okay. And every hour the station changed Mm. but it was always the same station every corresponding hour of the day so like at 11 o'clock roughly every day it would switch to something else it would switch to the same like hours worth of music and then it would go to the next station so we all became very weary of the songs that were playing and we heard a lot of bob marley and bob marley covers one hour and it was just it was all very terrible yeah um but the pandora for business device was connected to the overhead speakers in the building the overhead speakers in the building were also connected to the phone network and maybe about a couple weeks before the pandemic started our phone system went down completely and then when they got it that set back up again they didn't bother redoing anything with the speakers or any of the music so we've worked the last 18 months in total silence (gasps) and sometimes i can't decide which is worse working through a pandemic in total silence or if i could go back and hear what i started calling chill bro radio (laughs) where you would hear the zach brown band song down in the islands dang that's that's an intense would you rather um, yeah, it is. I, it's the, I le- it's the lesser of two. It's the lesser of two evils. Yeah, yeah. I feel similarly about like like for a while they were just throwing on like Phoebe Bridgers radio, and I was like, I don't know, like you know, the first day I was like, this is tight, and then I was just like, oh no, like you're gonna make me hate all of my favorite bands, you know? By the yeah, end, it's like I'm gonna associate this with work, and you know, I don't know if it's worse to to you know listen to to start to hate your favorite bands or to just listen to bad music so that you don't you know yeah that is tough that is that is another very awful would you would you rather yeah um yeah anything else about the wood brothers or our our cool jobs (laughs) no i think we about covered it (laughs) awesome Terrors may be coming 
So this next one, Yellow Ostrich and the song Mary. Mm-hmm. I I really liked this a lot. I thought the kind of reveal at the end was really interesting. But tell me about where the song comes into your life and kind of about this this act, because I'm, I don't think I've ever heard of them before. Yeah, I saw them live in Phoenix. Uh, I, I was like brought to their show and that was my introduction. They played okay. with a band, um, another another band in this genre that I can't think of. Um, Generationals. Generationals. Okay. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think like, and then my friend sent me a couple of their songs and she had some weird recordings back in like the LimeWire days. Um, so I got like, uh, cool like i think this is actually it the like alternate version that i sent yeah, you. yeah that's what it says it says alternate in parentheses and i wasn't sure exactly what that meant it's like it's just like basically an acoustic version of okay. um or a live version maybe and it, it, i don't know i just love i love the um again like the sentiment of it just like again the positivity of just like everything turns around everything turns around um, the lyrics are great. Um, and just sonically, it just like feels like dark and like, it, yeah, kind of like warm still. Um, like someone almost like singing you like a lullaby or something. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, it just feels really intimate, I guess. There was, I was very drawn to this song. Like I had never heard this band before to my knowledge, but I was, when I was listening to this, I was it's it's very compelling mm-hmm. and it also it's not hypnotic but i couldn't pull myself away from listening like it is there is something very uh alluring in the way that it it draws you in and there is kind of an unsettling current to it yeah but it is also there is like glimmers of hope throughout it's a just a fascinating kind of dichotomy that i i was really impressed with this one yeah yeah, no, it's it's a cool little song. I like I I was a I was an instant fan. <laughs> Are they is the rest of their stuff similar to this? No. Ostrich? It's really okay. not. I think like that's why I liked the the alternate version. I feel like some of their stuff they they really go big on like the loop pedals in a lot of their Oh, okay. a lot of their music and it. It's like it's good and it's like a little more poppy though. It's not as like a uh, um I don't know. Well, my vocabulary is failing me. It's just that's uh, okay. This just, was very not. I don't want to say folksy, but it had kind of like a yeah, folksy, totally. an indie folk tone to yeah. it. Those are the words. Yeah.
So I'm super late to personally. I'm very late to the party. Party on Adrian Lenker. I never really got into Big Thief, and I had never listened to her other. I think I tried listening to Abyss Kiss when it came out, and it wasn't for me at the time that it came out. Okay. Um, but this song, I don't know. I I started listening to this album, and I was kind of like, okay, I'm really, I really like this album. And then this song, anything, I got to this, and I was like, oh, holy shit, this yeah. is so good. Yeah. And I kind of just like stopped in my tracks. Yeah. No, it was definitely like a gasp for me. And so then I went back through and I, I listened to her other solo stuff. And I um, I really like the A-Sides, B-Sides collection that she has. Yeah. And then I went back through with Abyss Kiss. And I so I have like, I've immersed myself. But it took this one to get me there. So what is what is your experience with with her? <sighs> I'm like a big Thief fan for sure. I like I, I was also late um, just to the big Thief party, but um, they're one of my favorites at this point. Um, and then, yeah, this came out and I think I I was on like NPR All Songs Considered just like basically doing some like preliminary research for like press and stuff for um for putting out the album and this happened mm-hmm. to be on the homepage that day and um I checked it out and this was the first song I listened to and god it just like I can't explain how like intimate this song feels it's just like she like boiled down like to like the essence of like being a person <laughs> yeah yeah it is um it's the the it's very unrelenting with the way she just delivers all of the lyrics and it kind of jumps from one line to the next yeah and you have to really keep up with it to catch everything Mm -hmm. and to catch kind of like where the song is going and it is it's devastating yeah and it's also it is very human and it's kind of like about i don't want to say it's desperation for a connection Mm -hmm. but there's like that really really strong palpable need for another person and i know that it's like probably about a romantic partner but there's like this kind of like also like this you can apply to like a platonic situation where you just need that other person who understands you yeah and yeah that's what floored me about it because um i i heard this and i was just like 
that's what I think all anybody is ever really looking for is just like somebody who really gets them and like you can share that kind of intimate moment with them. Yeah. Yeah. It like, um, it almost like reminds me of just like, I mean that the chorus obviously yeah. is like, wow. Okay. Um, but it like <laughs> reminds me of like, you know, the ideal relationship, like with like your parent, right? Like mm-hmm. just being like, like the whole, like, I want to sleep in your car while you're driving, lay in your lap while, while I'm crying. Like that very easily could be like associated with a romantic partner or your literal mother. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like that. So like, like just so primal, um, yeah, need for like another person and like to be, to be held and to be, um, around and, um, God. Yeah. It's just, um, Oh, it's so good. Did you watch her uh, tiny desk at home thing from, I think, probably late last year or early this year? I don't think so. I did she, see some live performance of this, but I don't think it was in her house. It was, like, out in – actually, I don't know. I don't remember. Was it in an RV in the desert? Yes. Okay. that's It was a tiny desk at home thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really like that because she she uses the paintbrush to play the guitar at one point. Oh my gosh! And I was watching it on YouTube, and one of the comments was like, "You know, when she gets the paintbrush out, she means business." Yeah. <laughs> oh, I and I was it. like, "Yeah, yeah, she's not here to fuck around." Like, it's just like it adds a whole other layer to it, and yeah, there's just like. Yeah, the honesty in this song and like even her, all of her other stuff. I've, um, there's a song on the A Sides album that I think it's called I Can Still Hear You. And it's, oh, it's so devastating. Um, but it's, it's really like she's just such a good writer and her voice is so unique. And it takes a little bit, it took a little bit for me to like ease my way into it. But, um, yeah, it's really something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Have you seen Big Thief live or her no, live at all? Okay. Unfortunately, it's like, you know, honestly, number one on my list, but they're not coming out here on their tour. I think a lot of people are boycotting us because of the whole Florida thing, which I get it. It's fine. I was just going to say, how was the tour? You said you were doing a, like living room shows with Clap Your Hands before the pandemic. How how did you get involved in a, in a tour like that? So, um, okay. So before... Before, after I put Bashful out, which was in 2019, I mm-hmm. was trying to book my own tour or find a booking agent. So I was doing a lot of research about that. I came across like upon like I was looking deep into some of my favorite artists, like their playing history on like bands in town or whatever, just to see mm-hmm. where they were playing at the beginning of their careers and kept coming across this thing called the living room shows. Um mm-hmm. And looked it up, and it's, like, put on by this music collaborative um, or collective called um, Undertow. And I reached out to them and asked if they'd be willing to do it. I was like, I know I'm not, like, a big artist, and that's probably what, you know, the business model demands. But I do think that my music would be great for living rooms and um, would love to work with you, whatever. And they were like, yeah, probably not. And then they reached back out two weeks later. They were like, we love your record. Like, we also <laughs> manage artists. Would you be interested in something like that? And I ended up going out to Illinois and meeting with them. And now I'm like, you know, they're, they're my management. And okay. I've been on a living room tour. And um, they also manage Pedro the Lion, Dave Bazan, Clap Your Hands, oh, Yeah. Okay. Um, so they, Clap Your Hands, Yeah, had booked a tour a couple couple cities on the east coast and um my manager put me on those shows and i had to get out there so it was just kind of like we booked living room shows around it okay yeah cool um is that all like i mean is hustling like that super difficult like i mean now it's kind of like you're just like waiting until it's maybe safer to perform and travel but as like your own person who's like trying to book and releasing music on your own without like uh, the support of any kind of label really. Um, is it challenging, grueling? Is it worth it to be in charge of that much of your career? Like it just seems like the hut, like the hustle never ends to just yeah. get yourself out there and try to like research options. Yeah. Um, you know, if I have the time, I actually really enjoy it. Um, okay. But like, because it like, it's, it's something that I care about. You know what I mean? Sure. Like having to work for somebody else 40 hours a week is like soul sucking, but like working towards something that I give a shit about and like really want and like feel driven to do, it's like really fulfilling. Um, uh, but I also have a job. So it's like one yeah. Once it's like kind of like I don't have time to do it, that's when it becomes stressful and just like this is so annoying. Like I, you know, I need to make money to like fund this passion, but you know, like I need time to like pursue the passion in like the right way. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I think it is worth having like financial and creative control over like what I'm doing. You know, unfortunately, I am just one person, so I can't control everything. <laughs> um, you know, it would be nice to have some financial support, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not upset about the state of where I'm at. Um, okay. It's hard. It's like, it's, um, and sometimes I think like the booking stuff is especially just like, there are people that that is their only job and they do it all day, 40 hours a week. And like, they know how to do it. 
yeah. don't. So you know what I mean? It's like there's a there's an efficiency thing with it and like a connections thing with it that the booking part, very hard. I feel like if I got a booking agent, that would like be a very important threshold to pass and potentially a game changer. But um, I'm happy doing it until then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I totally get like if you were working like eight, nine hours a day, the last thing you want to do when you get home is like sit down at the computer and try to like research places to yeah. submit things to or like figure things out like that. So I, to- I, I, I hear you 100%. Yeah. 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 Um, so anything else about Adrian Lenker and anything before we wrap up? Cause we've reached the end of your 10 songs. Gosh. Yeah. I think I just want to, I mean, for no other reason, just to like gas her up, just the last I love like the chorus, obviously we talked about, but like, also, yeah. like, weren't we the stars in heaven? Weren't we the salt in the sea? Like dragon in the new warm mountain. Didn't you believe in me? Like, I don't know. The whole, that whole verse is also just like, again, so <sighs> just so good. So vulnerable. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, she needs, she needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't thank you enough for taking time to, make a list of songs and and have really thoughtful things to say about them and to chop it up with me and like being willing to do this because it's not not everybody's up for podcasting with me um and so i'm I'm very appreciative that you you wanted to do this and you spent part of your afternoon chatting so thank you so much thank you for having me i'm sorry of course like long-winded and just don't (laughs) no not at all um this is not you're not long-winded believe me i did like a two and a half hour conversation once with somebody so like we're good but no it's like that's the, the, the fun thing about the podcast is is like when podcasts are short sometimes i'm like oh i was hoping that wouldn't end or that would go on longer right so what i like about this is like we get into it and there's also songs so it's right. like it's just like a nice balance of things yeah yeah um in terms of things you're doing probably not with the rest of this year but maybe next year are you looking at playing trying to play some shows uh do you have like or work on anything new what are like what are your plans for like if we all survive until 2022 you know fingers crossed there's definitely like hopes of touring next spring um okay and i'm definitely writing like i said i'm just kind of getting out of the writer's block so um it's been slow going but there's definitely more music coming um, okay the, the time know. that the time that i did when i watched you performing with sydney on her live stream you played like a new song yeah <laughs> uh, i really liked that a lot oh, thank you so much <laughs> i'm excited about that one yeah i was really like i was i just kind of was like i just stopped what i was doing and was like holy shit this is really good oh, um so yeah i i really i really dig it so i'm glad you're getting over the writer's block and are, are working on new new tunes thank you yeah of course <laughs> You're a charming kind of manic God, I find it so romantic Oh, you know you really do it for me And it really is a sickness That your bullshit is my weakness And I don't care what you do to me There's nothing
Oh, what's that we're listening to? Well, that is a little bit of the song Broken Wings. It is one of the tunes that you can find on Danielle's most recent album. Album is called No Place. It's self-released. It's available now. You may stream it or download it in all the usual places you stream and download things, like the uh, Apple Music Store. Uh, You can download it on Bandcamp. You can stream it on Spotify. Uh, those are the vibes you know, if you know the vibes, or or if you are so inclined, you can order a copy of it on vinyl. It's a translucent blue pressing. Looks very attractive on a turntable. That recently was released earlier this summer. Check it out. If you want to find out more about today's guest, Danielle Durek, you can visit her website which is her first name and last name. It's DanielleDurick.com. Or you may interact with her on the socials, like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. She's on there as Danielle Durick. Again, an endless well of thanks to Danielle, my guest today, for joining me uh, in the virtual building and chopping it up with me about a thoughtful mix of music. Uh, Folks, that is another one in an extremely DJ Khaled voice, as always. Another one. That was another episode of the Anhedonic Headphones podcast, Nothing But Illustrious Guests. It's me, your boy, Kevin Krein, a.k.a. Kevy Fly, your host. It's time for the fine print. Uh, if you stuck around this long, thanks a bunch. If you shut it off already, I totally understand. I do not take offense. This is a podcast that is the audio extension of the award-winning music website, anhedonicheadphones.blogspot.com, home of the long read and taking the fun out of music since 2013. You can find me on Twitter, at KevyFly. I'm also on the Grams with the same handle, at KevyFly. And if you haven't already done so, if you haven't smashed that like button and subscribed to this delightful podcast, please consider doing so. You can find me in all the reputable podcast places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, all the vibes. All the vibes that you know, all the vibes you can shake a stick at. No beginning, no end, just vibes as far as the eye can see. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this podcast finds you as well as you are able to be, given the circumstances we are all facing, and I will see you again soon.